If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's December. How did this happen? It is December 2019. December 4th, to be exact. I have an ex from high school, and his birthday was December 4th, and... For whatever reason, that birthday in particular has stuck with me on the calendar every time I see this. So, happy birthday, Nick, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, today is your birthday. And today just so happens to also be a day that we're going to be talking about friendships with the one, the only, Jillian Richardson. I talk about this on the show, so more to come, but... I'll go ahead and tell you now that the Joy List is this email news- newsletter that I found when I moved to New York City pretty much immediately. So I'm very grateful for that. I was automatically like, all right, how do I get plugged in? Where is the conscious community? I'm in New York City. More specifically, I'm in Brooklyn, which is a very big hub for spirituality and those ecstatic dance parties and full moon circles and um plant medicine journeys, pretty much whatever you want can be found in Brooklyn. And I had been polling my Facebook community, hey, where do I go for these get togethers? And immediately several people were like, go check out the joy list. It's a email list you get every week that is an accumulation of all the conscious events you just have to have on your calendar. So I signed up for it and somehow, some way, I was already Facebook friends with the curator. Her name is Jillian Richardson. And me and one of my other friends uh, signed up for the list, started going to a few events, and then I realized I was friends with Jillian, so I met up with Jillian for dinner one night, and we just hit it off. Like, very good friends from the start. It felt very natural, very intuitive, and we've seen each other a few times since, and then I was like, hey, let's just, let's just make this podcast official. It is time to reach the level of podcast official. So we did it, and now you get to enjoy it today. Jillian is committed to creating connection and community by organizing places where people feel seen, heard, and valued. As a professional community builder, public speaker, and writer, Jillian is most known for being the founder of The Joy List, a weekly newsletter with the mission of reducing loneliness in New York City and eventually the world. She has been sending it out every Monday for three years, helping thousands of people build connection to both place and each other. In addition to her successful career in community consulting and event design, Jillian has just released her first book and number one Amazon new release, Unlonely Planet. At the beginning of this episode, I ask, can I touch it or can I hold it or something like that? And we're talking about the book, just FYI. It might come in handy to know that. Joylist has served me um, abundantly. I really encourage that if you're coming to visit New York City or if you happen to already live here, sign up for it. Check out her events. I know that she, since she has this book out, she's probably going to be doing even more speaking. So if you see something come up that Jillian is hosting or she's speaking at, go ahead and do yourself and your heart a favor by signing up for that. 
Because it is December 4th, that means we have officially begun the period that I'm going to be sharing with you, the Feminine Spirit School. I've talked about it a few times on the podcast, and at the first launch, there's plenty of episodes where I actually go really deep into the content in the Feminine Spirit School. If you want to see what all the curriculum holds, you can go to maddiemoon.com forward slash feminine dash spirit. You can see all the modules there. We start with going deep into the feminine, deep into the masculine, and learning how to create this harmony between the part of you that wants to feel sensual and flow and chaos and emotions and expression, and the part of you that knows how to be still and conscious and to hold space. We go into shadow work, meaning what are the parts of you that you repress and you cut off, and I create this safe container for stepping into those parts of you. We go into healing our ancestral lineage through meditation, through journaling. We go into creating language online and in person that comes from a place of warm feminine assertion. That's a big thing people struggle with, particularly women, is how do I come across as um, my feminine self with that kind of love, that unique love that only I can offer as a feminine being, but also be assertive and confident and taken seriously. So that is in the module because that's very dear to my heart as well. I combine in this course my my history of going into feminine and masculine polarity and knowledge and wisdom, both single and in relationship. You're going to be able to get tons of this regardless of your relationship status. does not matter. And then I also combine with all of that world, the personal development world, the world I've spent the past 10 years of my life throwing myself into, from rejection therapy to just doing the thing to dealing with perfectionism. So there's a lot that you can work with both in the embodiment piece, like getting into the body and having practices for that, as well as using your intellect, knowing when a path is better for you and combining that with your feeling and doing the thing, because sometimes we just need help to do the thing. So the Feminine Spirit School comes with two group Zoom calls where I'll be leading embodiment practices live and you can bring your questions. Additionally, the early bird price is up right now. There is a pay in full, and then there is a three-part payment plan. The first 10 women who sign up for the Feminine Spirit School get a free session with me, which is a $500 value. Free session, just my time. I'm just going to be slowing down with you. Where can I help you? Where can I serve you? Where are you with your feminine or your masculine? What, what do you want more of? Um, currently, there are plenty of those spots open because I'm just now beginning to really promote the course. So if you're curious about having a session with, with me and you'd like to be led through the feminine, the masculine, inner child, shadow, sensuality, all of that in a structured way without committing and investing in my one-on-one coaching, this is the place to do it. I created this course specifically for those of you who want to work with me, but aren't in a place emotionally, financially, energetically to invest in long-term coaching with me. So this is a place to get so many practices, so many tools, so much knowledge and insight, and get two calls with me as a group. And for right now, you'll receive a session with me. So if this feels like something that is opening your heart and it's a calling, um, would love to have you join us. Just would love to have you join us. We have the early bird pricing up only for a little bit longer. It increases by 250 on December 23rd. Um, so go ahead and 
sign up now if this feels like something you're ready for and you're longing for. And also, as always, feel free to email me if you have any questions, concerns, comments. Now, it is time to hear what Jillian has to say about creating deep AF friendships. And some other things we're going to talk about is what it was like for her to go through the process of writing this book. We talk about the shadow side of lightworkers, the history of belonging and community. We talk about how many friends most millennials have. This is going to definitely surprise you. We talk about how society cultivates and encourages romantic relationships so much more than platonic relationships and how we need to make that change and how we are that change. Lots more to come from this episode, and I just invite you to give yourself permission to eat your heart out because this is a lot of juicy information about friendships, something that I think all of us desire. It's a core desire for community, having a place to belong, and receiving love in that platonic, nourishing, healing way. thinking like do five of the chapters do five of the chapters or you said five ways right yeah so just like touch on is feel your book feels so good thank you it's it's a delightful feeling it's soft Mm -hmm. and it's flexible yeah like she's working (laughs) out she's limber she's a limber book and the pages are really i'm just such a weirdo for like texture of pages and and spacing you did some double spacing action here Mm -hmm. yeah that feels good I had no idea what this book was going to look like until I got it I was like I hope it looks good what was that like whenever you got the book for the first time I cried I bet in all honestly I was just so afraid it was gonna look bad because I had I had no clue and I was like man what if I put all this work into this thing and it just looks really bad But it looked amazing. It looked like a real book. Did you open it immediately, the package, whenever you got it? Yeah. Yeah. I got it and was like, oh, my God, it's here. I had a friend I was talking to that got his book, and he didn't open it for, like, a month. Because the anxiety or the fear was so massive. Yeah. We're just going to put this, like, on this pillow. Great. Um, It's like, this is, okay, so we're making a little altar here. Uh, But the altar, the only thing on the altar is the book. Great. So. Community altar. So, first thing I'm going to ask you, besides if you opened your book immediately. So, the second thing I'm going to ask you here is, what are you currently musing about? This is the Mind Body Musings podcast. Mm. What what are you musing about in life? Really has you intrigued. And this can be yeah. from food to your book to mm-hmm. Ollie, mm-hmm. my dog sitting here. Oh, how could I not muse about this little fluffy angel? I know. Look at that. Look at that eye contact. This eye contact game is strong. You're wise. Okay. What I've been musing about, that's why I love having my newsletter because every week I have to be thinking, like, what is, what is a thread for my week? Mm. So a thing that I've been thinking about is the shadow side of people who people view as very light 
So, like, for example, this week I hung out with a nun and I hung out with a priest. Mm. And those are people where I feel like the assumption is, like, they're constantly in a good mood and they're always thinking about love and spreading peace and, like, all of these things, which is true. And they have to kind of have a counterbalance of some darkness as well. Mm. Uh, and so the the two examples I'm thinking of are that the the nun at the end of every day watches football. What? When she told me this, I was like, are you kidding? She's like, nope, every day, 15 oh, minutes, so I watch cute. football. I was like, what? And then the priest, he reviews horror movies. Okay. Does he have a blog? He should. It's, um. oh no, what is it Wait, called? Wait, he does? So he, he blogs for a different website. Oh. I do not remember I'll send you the website. It's a really cool website all about different spiritual practices. And so he is a movie reviewer for them. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. And so what do you think about like the shadow side being necessary? Well, I think the reason that I look for it in other people is because with myself, I notice if I'm too much in just the like love and peace and giving to other people. And I haven't figured this out because it still happens to me like pretty much once a quarter. It just always happens. I have this moment where I'm like, I need something gritty. Like, Mm. I feel like I just want to go to a dive bar or like a boxing match (laughs) or Mm. something that doesn't just feel so peaceful and sweet. Make love in a Denny's. Yeah. I just want to have sex in a Denny's Have your face just shoved in some dirt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like... But actually, it's it's this funny thing where I I my community is just so positive and mostly sober and it's just so light, yeah, all the time that I'm like, all right. And so I have a few friends where it's just like we go over and do like psychedelics or something and just like chill and listen to music for hours. Mm. Can you invite me to that sometime? Because that sounds fabulous, right? It's just well, their house. They they always say. People are drugs. Shout out to Sean and Cass of the Very Eight podcast. Uh, and with them, it's like when I walk into their house and I'm just with them, I already feel like I'm high. Mm. They because they're just they have such a like they have such a spiritual practice, and they do it every morning together as a couple. But they also just do not take themselves seriously, and I love that, and I need that more in my life of people who just. Like, this dog is like going under an arm. I know. I'm kind of just like he need. He's gonna make noise in in this in in this episode, and it's just gonna happen. Just sit on the pillow, Ollie. Yeah. Ollie, chill, chill. Look Ollie has some thoughts. That he, he really would like does. To share. He yeah, he does have some thoughts. Yeah, I make it an initiative. At least there's one touchstone ish a day where I want to go into some sort of darker energy, and a lot of times it like. It, like, is just in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just going into those places and allowing those thoughts to go. Because Mm -hmm. if I don't, then it comes out in very passive-aggressive ways. Yeah. So maybe, like, I'm physically embodying my anger by punching pillows and kind of, like, having a screaming fit, which I really do do this. Mm -hmm. And it's something You do, too? Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. It's, yeah. I mean, you're the the curator of the joy list, so you have to have moments of, like – complete opposite of joy in order to go into the joy fully Mm -hmm. and not not be stifled yeah such it's amazing how quickly it changes my mood Mm. and I still 
I typically only do that when I feel a charge. Like I had a, a video call recently where this person I felt didn't treat me with respect. And mm. afterwards I just put on some heavy metal and just beat up my bed and screamed for like three minutes. Then I felt fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't really do it if I'm just feeling neutral, which is where I think the the feeling of wanting some grit that just like comes up really strongly out of the blue is when I think I just I haven't had a really intense emotional encounter with someone. But the need is still there, mm. even if I haven't been like, oh, I feel really angry at this person. There's still this need for this kind of rolling around in the dirt. Yeah primal energy mm-hmm. it's the primal energy god mm-hmm. i love primal so much have you ever done non-linear movement no mm. I, I i'm assuming that you've done some sort of movement kind of like this but maybe not exactly so non-linear movement i forget the the very first originator of it um but michaela Baum teaches this i do this with my one of my teachers john wineland mm-hmm. and it's basically when you're on a mat eyes closed for a full hour to an hour and a half and you just move non-linearly mm-hmm. no one's guiding you mm-hmm. other than them saying move keep moving mm-hmm. don't stop moving and it's not yoga it's not dance and mm-hmm. if you get into those habitual patterns they'll stop you and mm-hmm. be like we're not doing yoga here. Go back into this, your wildest movement. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's one of the most clearing things that I do. Whoa. Yeah. It's really powerful. It's so simple. You're just moving on a mat for mm-hmm. an hour. And is it lying down the whole time? Mm-hmm. You, well, you can, you can make your way up. Mm-hmm. You can go into like, uh, like one of the, one of the strongest nonlinear positions is cat cow mm-hmm. and just moving in cat cow. Cause a lot of the energy is in the spine, mm-hmm. but then you become habitual, right? So they mm-hmm. want you to get out of that and then you can work your way up to your feet, stomping, screaming, crying, letting mm-hmm. out emotions. People start coughing because they're letting out so much. So then like a lot of times in the mm-hmm. room, there's like this ginormous coughing fit and there's moaning. Then there's like orgasmic sounds and mm-hmm. there's, yeah. I, it, oh, like that stuff feeds my soul yeah. being immersed in such craziness me too just these spaces i feel like we totally vibe on this of just these spaces for people to be animal Mm, yes it's so important animal that's why when i was so excited last week when i saw there was an event called primal play yeah it's sold out it was sold out Mm -hmm. okay well i didn't go i didn't go anyways but i mean that was like my perfect event i was just so tired Mm -hmm. okay so yeah we're gonna talk about this about energy (laughs) because i'm so curious how you keep going because i get very tired in this city but let's talk a bit about like the joy the joy list how Mm -hmm. did the joy list come to be Uh, very interested in the origination of this yeah, it's it's funny because I change my answer depending on who I'm talking to. But with you, I know that you can you will get this is that really it started from having a family with parents who didn't have the emotional tools to hold big emotions. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of conditioned to be pleasing and an achiever and a good girl, a story I'm sure a lot of people resonate with. And. There just wasn't a lot of emotional connection in my family and loneliness was a thing that I carried in me for a lot of my life and I just didn't really have the words for it. I didn't have a name for my experience and when I was in college, I did a lot of comedy stuff. I was the president Mm -hmm. of my school's improv group. That's all I did pretty much in college was just write comedy, do comedy, hang out with comedy people. That's 
all I did. I moved to New York City to become a comedy writer. I wanted to write for Late Night. That's why I came oh here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Not a lot of people know that about me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, now thousands do. Now you which all is know. Um, yeah, which is why I feel like I have such a quick like speaking pace, and I love mm. banter, uh, sometimes to my detriment. <laughs> but so when I moved to New York, I was like, all right, I'm going to. I'm going to do all these things to make amazing new friends. But the things that I was taught that would help me form connection just didn't work. Like I was going to bars. I was going to shows. I was hanging out with the same people. And I thought that would just cause me to deepen relationships. Uh, Yeah. When in reality, I still felt just as lonely. Like I like you, so we should be friends. Mm -hmm. If we spend more time together, then eventually we'll become good friends. That's how it works. Yeah. And I'll feel connected to you Mm. and I'll feel less alone. And it just wasn't working. And then I started to just go to stuff on my own. I just took a summer and was like, all right, this is the summer. I'm finding my people. And I went to festivals on my own. Wasn't my vibe. And then I went to this thing called Camp Grounded. Mm. Uh, it's like a digital detox, sober summer camp for adults. And it was just these like super playful, embodied, open, kind people. And so that that experience, it one helped me realize that the container of an event is so important for the type of connection that happens. Yeah. Because this is the space where there's no technology. There's no substances and everyone's in this very childlike summer camp mindset. So we're all really excited to meet people and go deep really quickly because you're also not allowed to talk about work and you're not allowed to talk about age. Mm -hmm. So everyone was just on the same playing field. I had no idea who people were outside of this kind of magical space. And then also when I got back to New York City, they brought me into their communities And they invited me to their meditation events and to ecstatic dance Mm. and to all of these communities. And then suddenly I started to feel connected because of the spaces that I was in were facilitating connection. And it gave me permission because I didn't know how to open up and really be present with other people. And then Trump got elected in November 2016. And it was like everyone in New York kind of gave up hope on people. I just kept hearing, I don't know about you, but my friends were kind of like, I feel like the world is on fire. Like people are terrible. There's no hope anymore. All these awful things. And I just wanted to let people know that any day of the week in New York City, if you're feeling disconnected, there are at least two places you can go where you can be in community. Yeah. At least like 200. Yeah. There's there's at least like a starting place of two. Mm -hmm. I want to go go back a little bit to this. This is very, 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 very important Mm -hmm. about the container. Yeah. And I know you're familiar with, um, oh, her book is right. Uh, Pritta Parker. Priya Parker. Yeah. Priya Parker. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at her book right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is it called? The Art of Gathering. The Art of Gathering. And I found out. She is on the back of my book. Yes. I remember reading you write about that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I even have this book over here is because uh, one of her events was listed in the joy list. Yes. put it in there. And that one caught my eye. Mm -hmm. And I was reading her book. And I'm sure maybe you talk about this as well. Mm -hmm. Let me know. But talking about containers and the facilitator of the container, because Mm -hmm. the event you just talked about, those facilitators were like, okay, here are our rules. Mm -hmm. No technology, no this, no this. And those rules 
if we're so concerned with being people pleasers, making sure everyone can do what they want, like mm-hmm. loosey goosey, we're all in the flow mm-hmm. and no one's stepping up to create rules. Yeah. The container is like like water that wants to be in a cup but can't. Mm-hmm. So it just goes all over the place, sloshes, mm-hmm. spills. It's no longer a cup of water. Yeah. It's just like a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be attracting the people who want to go really deep into one, like in into connection. Mm-hmm. And the people who are really craving that particular thing aren't going to be met. Yeah. Because no one's holding. It's like people whispering in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And, that, and she talks about this in her book about like how um, I believe it's the Alamo Draft House is so amazing mm-hmm. because they're like, if someone is talking in mm-hmm. the movie theater, write it down on your card and put it up and we'll take care of it. Yeah. And that is so cool about them because they're stepping up in that way and they will take care of you mm-hmm. by making those people leave because yeah. they care about, they don't want you to have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So you going to that event, you don't want to have to worry about someone pulling out their phone and going and tech into technology Mm -hmm. and distracting the whole container Mm -hmm. so they take care of that yeah it's just really amazing (laughs) there's not a lot of spaces like that which is why i'm obsessed with them is because they're these magical places where like when i was there i was like wow i didn't even realize how badly i needed this because i straight up didn't know it was an Mm -hmm. option i had no idea this was possible Mm -hmm. and now all I do is go to things like this. Yeah. And, and and like from from everything I see about what you put on that list and you curate, curate there are rules mm-hmm. to every event. Mm-hmm. And rules can be medicine. Yeah. So to any facilitators mm, out so there. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> You're you know, like, I'm wise. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's very true. Rules allow us to drop in. Yeah. And that is something I see consistently in all of your events is that there are people running it mm-hmm. who are like, we're choosy. We're not afraid to be choosy. Mm-hmm. Not in like kicking people out, but choosy in how the container will be run to yeah. make it unique. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if it's not that, then it's just like any other event, like going to a bar. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so I feel really strongly about that. And I'm really grateful that like, like you make sure that in the joy list, you're, you're incorporating events that are tight in that yeah. container so people can go mm-hmm. deep into their, their play. And yeah. Their fun. Totally. And to explore new parts of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like tonight I'm going to um, Aladi Han, which is like blindfolded movement. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yes. I think it's in the newsletter this week, but that's what I'm doing tonight. And it's just facilitated connection exercises, a group, everyone puts on a blindfold and then it's Mm -hmm. just kind of like contact improv movement for maybe an hour and a half. And it's such a trippy experience because you can't see anything. And so very quickly, it suddenly feels like you're in this weird floaty alternate universe because it's like, I don't know how many people I'm touching. I don't know what body parts I'm touching. I don't know where in the room I am anymore. And it's a great practice. Like It's designed for just letting go. Like I might have this really sexy, fun encounter with someone's body or bodies. Don't know and I'll never know who woman, it is. Color hair. Yep. I want to go. It's fun. It's tonight. Okay, maybe I'll come. Utopia. It's a great communal living space. It's awesome. Is that in Brooklyn or in Manhattan? In Brooklyn. Oh, I yeah. love how everything is in Brooklyn. Yeah. Now. It feels like. You're like, Manhattan so, events. Yeah, I don't want to have to take the L. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you you were inspired. You wanted more. And then you were like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna create a list mm-hmm. where I'm going to put all of the cool events happening per week yeah. and curate it mm-hmm. and weed things out that mm-hmm. shouldn't go in the list and choose things that should. Yeah. And then 
what what year was this that you were like this was 2016 okay so 2016 Mm -hmm. the whole trump thing yeah you're like here we go we're gonna make this happen yep and then you hit you hit buy on the domain Mm -hmm. and you you made a website Mm -hmm. you put it in then and then what well so what happened next was people just started opening up to me in a way i'd never experienced before it was like i kind of put out this signal of i'm down to talk to people about loneliness and suddenly people were coming up to me at parties and just sharing these stories mm. that were stories of pain and of not feeling connected. And also people who didn't even live in New York City started emailing me saying like, hey, I'm a single dad and mm. I am afraid to go to an event because I feel like it might not be worth my time. And like, I wish something like the Joylist existed in wherever Ohio, because my time is super precious and I need to feel deeply connected. And so it's just, it's constantly, and it still is a reminder of why I need to be doing this thing. Cause when I started it, I had no idea how big of an issue loneliness really is. Cause there's all this shame around it. Can you give us some stats? Oh, you know I can. Girl, I got stats. (laughs) All right. So the average American has one close friend. 75% of Americans are not satisfied with the relationships that they do have. So even just those two stats alone, it's like, all right. So we have one friend. One friend that we don't like. That we don't like. (laughs) It's like, that's really not great. I like so relate to this too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so relating to this. And do you think that people oftentimes do what you did before, like investing all this time into a friendship and like, if I have more time, then I'll start to like them more. And mm-hmm. then they slowly start to realize, I walk away from this hangout with this one person every time feeling kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we don't have the skills to deepen relationships anymore. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people who, lack the willingness to be vulnerable to form real relationships. Mm-hmm. Like I constantly hear people say, I've, I hear women say this about their partner a lot of like, ah, oh, my husband, he just won't even ask a man to go and get tacos with him. Like mm-hmm. he feels like he's imposing on them, but it's not just women and their husbands. This happens with everyone where it's a fear of, this person doesn't want to spend time with me or what I hear in New York city all the time is everyone is busy, but me, everyone has a full calendar. No one has the time to hang out. So I might as well just not ask. Mm. And really most people are really hungry for deep connection. Like even me, people make these assumptions about me all the time. They're like, Oh, you are all over the place. You are so busy. You have so much going on. And guilty like, I'm, I'm always like that girl she's like, doing she's so all much. over the place and it's like it's funny because if you look at my calendar it's like yes this week like the week of wherever i am always pretty full but if you look out literally two weeks from a day i have no idea what i'm doing so you're like a, you're like busy but it, it's based off of that week and yeah like, it, you live mm-hmm. you live your life based off of what you're doing yeah which is so cool Thank like you. you create these lists and that that's how you plan out what you want to be doing mm-hmm yeah. And actually, I'm going to events way less as well because mm. I'm trying to deepen my own relationships, which is I feel like the flip side of this problem is being it's kind of like it's a shiny thing. And I want to go and I want to meet new people and I want to have new experiences. Yeah. But also I want to deepen the relationships I already have. And that means just like sitting on a couch with someone at their house and just yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. And wasn't there you, you did a talk also when you talked about um, how 
people prioritize romantic relationships Mm -hmm. so much more than they do friendships Mm -hmm. and you mentioned something about how it's normal for people to go into work Mm -hmm. go ahead I'll let you take it oh yeah so this was a talk I did at CMX Summit which is a conference for professional community builders such a fun talk to give Uh, but that at work it's very common for people to say oh I need to leave work early I have to go spend time with my family And it's like, yeah, of course, like you have a wife, Mm -hmm. you have kids, go spend time with them. That's important. But you never hear someone say, oh, I need to leave early or I need to leave now. I have to go spend time with my best friend. (laughs) Yeah, no. People would be like, well, suck it up. Like, what? Mm -hmm. But really, those relationships are just as important. And in our culture, we don't think that friendship is as important as romantic relationships. And I think that's a big reason why we're so lonely is we're like, nah, friendship is like a nice to have and like, whatever. I had these people who I knew when I was in high school and that's enough. Uh, when really it's important for our soul. Yeah. There's this Irish term that I just learned that I love called Anamkara, which means soul friend. Anamkara. Yeah. Aww. It's so gorgeous. There's an amazing book by John O'Donohue called Anamkara and it's all about this. <sighs> Where it's like this was literally part of in Celtic and Druid tradition, soul friendship was part of their spiritual growth. Was this on Krista Tippett's podcast, perchance? Yes. Did they talk about this word? Because mm-hmm. it sounded familiar, and I was like, I feel like I know this word. Yes. And then you just said his name, and I heard that it. podcast episode. Mm-hmm. I listened to it, and I just cried while walking yeah. down the street. It's so gorgeous. Autumn mm, Cara, I'm just like, it's like mm-hmm. juicy. Just everyone go say it right now. Yeah, you're like, pause this podcast, go say it to yourself out loud. Autumn Cara. Another thing I was thinking about, it sounds very similar whenever people don't go, don't leave work to go hang out with friends. It's kind of like you only get a break from work if you're a smoker, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're a smoker, then you get to have a break and a moment to yourself, except you don't get to do that. So I hear, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I assume a lot of places you don't get to do that if you're not a smoker. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, if you're so busy doing work, like so many people are, they're Mm -hmm. so passionate about their work or not passionate at all, but just trying to do a good job so they can climb up the ladder, Mm -hmm. then there is no time to go out and even prioritize romantic relationships. Yeah. And there's definitely no time to prioritize friendships whenever Mm -hmm. instead you could be going home and Netflixing and relaxing and ordering Mm -hmm. food and going to bed early so that you can go to work early. It's it's just like... It's a cycle and a spiral, and it hurts my heart. And totally. And so many people are caught up in that. And it's also like capitalism and assuming that we our worth is equal to being productive. And it's mm. like when I zoom out, it's really a values issue mm. of saying that friendship and relationships are secondary when I think really relationships are the most important thing for yeah. our health and happiness. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. And – as I get older and maybe also as I get deeper as a human, mm-hmm. um, the more I realize friendships can be incredibly triggering. Oh yeah. yeah. Just as much as romantic relationships if we're honest with ourselves. And sometimes even, no, just as much. I was going to say sometimes even more, but no, just as much because yeah. romantic relationships can be very triggering. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, in it, it, I've noticed in my, in, in my life um, and this also goes back to childhood. I, I don't want to put down anyone in my family for saying these things to me. So I'll just skim over this because it's still, it's very important to my journey and how I ended mm-hmm. up the woman I am. I was told often by a particular family member that I didn't know how to make friends mm. like all the time. 
it was used against me all the time mm. when I was young. Um, if this person was kind of mad at me, then they would say, they would just kind of harp down on me and just be like, well, you don't know how to make friends. Remember that person five years ago that tried to be your friend? Like it would be bringing yeah. up old, old stuff that was not relevant to my life anymore. Mm. And I'm like a 13 year old being like, why doesn't anyone like me? Yeah. 14 year old. Why? I, when I was 15, that's when I got into serious eating disorders because yeah. I had the thought implanted in my head. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to to make friends mm -hmm. and I had all these people in my life that kept being referred to of proof of why I can't make friends so mm. then I get I older hug 15 year old you. I know me too she was sad yeah she was very she was very sad and very lonely mm. and that's why she ended up graduating high school early a whole year early to book it and leave yep. and go learn how to make friends mm -hmm. but then got into college and I was doing stuff that was fucked up. Like I, I remember I slept over at a guy's place that my friend really liked mm -hmm. and like not communicating about it and mm -hmm. just saying sayonara to her. So I started to do things, patterns and behaviors because of that belief that was mm -hmm. implanted in my head. So I was reaffirming it. And if you look at my past of the you know, past like nine years, mm -hmm. I also kind of pick up and leave. I'm a Sagittarius moon. So part of it's just my nature to like mm -hmm. move from place to place to place. But also there is an unattachment that I, I still have deep down from people because mm -hmm. of that childhood wound. Yeah. And I've done so much work on it, but now this comes back to the thing I was saying that mm -hmm. relationships and friendships can be even more triggering and hard when you stay. Yeah. And you have to have those con hard conversations, which I've been doing the past two years when there's like a sticky thing that happens with a good friend. And I realized the pattern of me that just wants to say bye, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, oh, that's not actually me. That's that childhood belief that was implanted in me that I don't know how to make friends. So I might as well just let go of them. Yeah. The hard thing to do now is to sit down with this person, have a phone call and say, hey, what happened there? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been doing. That's going on. It's like really amazing. <laughs> and it's really hard work. But yeah. to me, that's now my new definition of how you deepen relationships and friendships totally I love hearing you talk about that because it's I I feel shame within myself I hear other people feel shame around being like I, why I feel like I should just know how to do friendships mm -hmm. like why is this hard what's wrong with me that I keep leaving this thing and it's like no we just haven't been taught like of course like we struggle in romantic relationships like you mentioned before and it's totally normal. We think like, of course, you're going to struggle mm -hmm. in romantic relationships. They're complicated and sticky. And friendships, it's exactly the same. Like I'm going through that same journey of being like, okay, I've actually started naming friends, chosen family and being like, you and me, we're together, just like brother and sister. And we're going to, like, we might go in and out of each other's lives, but we're always going to be there. And if one of us needs something, we're here. And... We just want to commit to each other. And like you said, have those conversations when things don't feel good. Because for me, I I always have the impulse to say like, oh, I should just deal with this conflict within myself and not bring it to them. Mm. Like I can figure it out myself. Like what's the trigger? Think about it. Go through it. And that's enough. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it is. But really, it's the hard work of relationship to do it with that person. Because, like, that's the really uncomfortable thing is yeah. to sit in front of someone and be like, this thing that you did, like, it hurt my feelings and it mm -hmm. left me feeling this way. And I want to be in connection with you. And I, it feels difficult for me right now until we talk about this. And and I don't 
in my life, I, 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 when I look back, I don't think, I, I think, yes, what you're saying about doing your own inner work is so important. And mm-hmm. what I'm starting to notice is that if I'm not also doing the hard thing and bringing it to them, mm-hmm. the, the, the container, mm-hmm. the container of the friendship isn't clear. Yeah. On my end. And they feel it. Yeah. They feel, you think your friends don't feel it whenever you're secretly a little bit miffed Mm -hmm. that they didn't invite you to go to the other thing you did with y'all's other mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to act like, oh, it's, it's just me. I can be okay with this. Like, Mm -hmm. it's fine. They didn't invite me. Yeah. Like, they'll feel it. There's Mm going to be a little tiny piece. And then there's a dissonance where they're actually a little confused of like, she's smiling at me, but I feel that she's not very happy with me. Mm -hmm. So there's a way that you can share your heart and and say, oh, can I share something with you? Yes, please, friend. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really upset and hurt and sad that I wasn't invited to this thing. And I also know you didn't purposefully do this. Mm -hmm. I just needed to share with you. I want to be invited. Mm -hmm. Like I had a conversation with this, with one of my really good friends and now we're so comfortable with doing this. Yeah. It's like so easy. Mm -hmm. We're just like, Oh, my feelings were hurt. My feelings were hurt. I (laughs) wanted to be invited. And then Mm -hmm. the other person's just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I love you so much, so much, so much, so much. And it's just like easy, but Mm -hmm. you have to build up to that. (laughs) You're like smiling. You're like, my feelings (laughs) were hurt. I'm a person with feelings. (laughs) And they don't feel so good right now. Ba, 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 ba. (laughs) yeah exactly Mm -hmm. that's like goals yes that's awesome I love that I feel like that's so possible with people is to get to that sense of almost like delight Mm -hmm. I have this with some of my friends too of like oh we get to practice communicating difficult things Mm -hmm. because it's like we know that the other person is skillful enough to handle it I think that's Mm, a sign of a really special friendship is to know like because yeah Sometimes there's a reason I'm not going to bring something difficult to someone is because I don't think they have the skills to even hold it in the first place. And it's like, "Mm." and they'll get defensive and then Mm -hmm. it'll end up hurting you deeper. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, this is one that maybe I'm just going to work on on my own. Um, And then you kind of, and then you just know like that's one of those friends that is not the deepest playground. mm -hmm. Like they're good for a, B, and C, which yeah. may be like going to events with, getting mm-hmm. coffee with, but they're not going to be the friends for like the deepest heart opening tantric work that you want to be doing. Like those are your mm-hmm. other friends that mm-hmm. you know can hold the aftermath of all that. Yeah. My therapist calls them hair and nail friends. Hair and nail? Oh, the <laughs> ones that are like these. Yeah. yeah the Yeah. Hair mm-hmm. and nail friends for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you like having hair and nail friends? I feel like right now I'm in a process of making my friend group smaller Mm -hmm. because, again, it's so easy for me to just constantly be, like, flitting from one thing to the next and one person to the next. And so choosing my friends who I'm deepening with intentionally, I do want to have those people where it's like, yeah, we can go and we can have fun and we can dance and we can be weird. But also we're talking about our spiritual journeys and we're talking about things that we would feel a little bit embarrassed talking about to other people Mm -hmm. or think that they would think that we're – weird for talking about tantra or being empathic or psychedelics or just any of these things where they're becoming increasingly important to me and I want to feel fully open and fully myself with people yeah I want to have experiences with people like getting naked in front of each other and going to Korean spas and then like and then afterwards like talking about like 
I don't know. Like, I'm just like in such a place now where I want to do all the dark stuff. So, mm-hmm. and like just all the weird stuff, yeah. like doing tantric events together and then also doing hair and nail stuff, but like doing it like just like doing it with everything else, like just yeah. having the full spectrum. I'm in the same space as you're at. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't really care for hair and nail friends and just that. Yeah. Because time like, is valuable. Right. <laughs> I'd rather do that by myself. Hair yeah. and nails by myself. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So one of the things we were going to discuss today, we'll see where this goes, is yes. five yes. ways we can deepen mm-hmm. community AF. Yes. How can we get deep community AF? Where And, and like, not everyone li- lives in New York, you know? Some people yes. are living in Kentucky mm-hmm. and living in... Little Rock is pretty cool, so, I mean, maybe they have stuff going on, but living in, like, more rural areas. Yeah. Well, actually, okay. I'm, like, I'm putting this back. Um, Back on the altar. Bye, book. So, I think the biggest thing that I tell people is to just, one, let people know what you're looking for. Hmm. One, let people know what you're looking for. Yeah, one, let people know what you're looking for. This is the thing that I... Assume is easy because I've been doing it for so long, but it's not easy. It's very scary. And what I mean by this is to publicly let people know that you are looking for a specific type of connection. So like get on Facebook and say, and this is also a lot easier if you're moving to a new place, but you can do this anytime. Like, hey, I'm moving to Chicago. I want to meet people who are really into meditation and ballroom dancing Mm. who do you have for me and just see what connections people have for you because you're doing them a service of saying I need help can you help me and it's really rare for people to do that I do this almost every day on social media I'm just Mm. like I need help with that thing yeah I love that thank you. you yeah yeah it's I had someone who she was like it's really kind of like a radical feminist thing to do in a world where women are told to not ask for what they want. It's like, damn, that gave me a new appreciation for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the first thing I would say is to Do you ever, ever get overwhelmed though, whenever you get like just you. I'm just oh, curious for like, sure. when people are like, this, 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 this. Sometimes I just post and I just don't like I'm like, once I have what I need, I'm like, people can keep commenting, whatever. I like that. I mm-hmm. like that you just said that because it gives you permission because sometimes then it becomes a chore. Totally. Like I posted something recently asking for photographers and videographers. In oh, the area. man. One of those. It's like you're going to get a hundred. And I got a lot of DMs, which mm-hmm. I don't want. I don't want people personally messaging me because mm-hmm. then it really feels like I have to get back and then it's an obligation. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want that. So like sometimes I don't even like ask for help because I'm afraid of getting a lot of help. <laughs> like I totally. don't want, I like just it's want too much help. I just want the one help, the mm-hmm. one help that is going to really help. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so I like that you're pointing out that you don't have to then get back to everyone totally. like, to see what feels right mm-hmm. and then move forward with that. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's one. Two, I would say is, to let people in your life know if you want to deepen your relationship with them. Because it's one thing if you're in a place where you are looking for a lot of new connections, but it's another if you're just like, man, I have these people in my life and I feel like I see them once a month and it doesn't feel great. I want to deepen my relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. And again, this just comes down to vulnerability and to saying to someone, hey, like I love our relationship, 
I know we both have really busy lives and I would love to prioritize our connection. Like, how do you feel about making sure we have a phone call once a month or not once a month, once a week, Mm -hmm. or we get dinner once a week and just make it a commitment? Yeah. And of course the person could say, how about every other week? Or actually I don't have the knowledge of my calendar to commit to that. But you're saying, I want this in my life. Because consistency is key when it comes to deepening relationships. Mm. And that requires the vulnerability to ask for the consistency in the first place. Or it's just never going to happen. Just like dating someone. Yeah. Like if you want to date someone, get to know them, you're going to have to go on dates. You're going to have to probably have phone calls and Mm -hmm. maybe text here and there and like learn about each other. It's dating. It's just it's the same. Both Mm -hmm. of them. And with that, of course, we're like, yeah, of course, you're going to have to get vulnerable and you're going to have to schedule it. And like, that's how it works. With friendship, that's how it works too. So what about if you go to, you're new to a city or you've been going to the same city forever and you're just a changed woman Mm -hmm. or man, you just want different friends and you go to a a yoga studio and you're beside someone that has really cool tattoos and you're Mm -hmm. just like, I feel good in their presence. I trust myself. I want to get to know them. Mm -hmm. I feel like I found someone that would be cool. How, How would you say that they could approach this person in a way that wouldn't scare themselves because it wouldn't scare the other person but it might scare like oh I'm too much how would you advise that uh there there's a love coach who I love named Sean Galanos uh who always just says to name the obvious things that are obvious to you but might not be obvious to the other person of like hey I feel a little embarrassed to say this or a little shy but you just seem really cool and I think you have a really awesome energy and I would love to get to know you more. I'm curious if you'd be interested in getting coffee sometime. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, I feel like it takes some of the pressure off to just admit. I feel a little awkward saying Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. and it's so softening because putting myself into that person's shoes. If someone comes up to me and says, Oh, I feel a little awkward. I'm like, Oh, now I want you to feel comfortable. Like, thank Mm -hmm. you for owning that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's also like, oh, I, you feel nervous around me. That's sweet. Yeah, you like me. Yeah. I like you. We all want to feel that way. We all want to know the the impact that we have on other people. I mm. love hearing that. If someone's saying, oh, in your presence, I feel this way. It's such a lovely compliment to receive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like mm-hmm. when you came inside my home and you were like, ah, oh, it's very calm in here. Yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. You're like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it worked really hard on that. Thank you. That's a that's a thing people have said when they come in here and it always feels really good just yeah. cuz that's the feeling that I want to feel when I come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like sometimes I'll just a um, go to that I'll say to people is have you come to this class often? Yeah. <laughs> you come here often? Totally. Like I really do ask that. Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't matter if I've been to that class a million times and if I've seen them. Mm-hmm. It's just a way that I can start a conversation of saying like, "Oh, yeah. do, you, do you like do you, is this your favorite instructor? Do you like another instructor?" Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh, it gets really hot in this hot yoga class." Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> like, "Hey, you sweaty me too. What's up?" <laughs> "Oh, where'd you get that towel?" Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there's so many different ways. And then you just got to ask afterwards, like you want to hang out sometime. It's so easy. Yeah. y'all. It's really quite easy. Mm-hmm. It's our own fear. Yeah. And uh, a fear of rejection and mm-hmm. the uncomfortable feeling that comes with that. But then once you do that a few times and if people do say like, no, which would be so rare, but if they did, then, then you, you deal with that and you ask another person. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. Plenty of cool yoga ladies out there. So many, so mm-hmm. many and men. Number three. What's the yeah. third one? Number three. 
Oh, this is one that I love giving people is volunteer. Mm. So if you find a yoga studio that you love and you want to deepen relationships with people there, you could just pay for yoga classes and go. Yeah. Better. Better. Yeah. If it comes back down, just move it. Yeah, I know. My <laughs> hair is wet, so it keeps <laughs> It's just this little thing. You can, around. like, pull it in, too. Like, you don't want to touch it, do you? You seem nervous to touch this little thing. I do. Yeah, you just, like you just gonna... put your hand on it, and mm. then we're talking about the microphone. Yeah. Here and we go. Yeah, it's better. It's flexible. It's movable. There we're... you go. See? Yeah, okay. Hi, friend. All right. Okay. So, volunteer. Okay, volunteer. <laughs> so, say, I'm like, I'm afraid of you. I know. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I guess you could give it a name if you wanted to. Maybe. Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really great name. Jeremy. Um, oh, yeah. So by volunteering somewhere, it's an excuse to get to know the organizers. And organizers are typically the best connectors in a place mm. to be like, oh, okay, uh, I'm going to do the karma yoga at the studio where I volunteer twice a week in exchange for free classes Mm. and you get to sit at the desk you have an excuse to talk to everyone who comes in you have an excuse to talk to the people who own the yoga studio and i'm sure typically those are people who are really well connected they would be happy to be like oh you want to go and meet this type of person meet this person who's a member of the studio and you have a position of authority it's like, it sounds kind of silly, but when you're volunteering at an event, whether it's a yoga studio or you're checking people in at a meditation event, you have a reason to chat. People might ask you questions. They're starting conversations with you. And you're in a space with people who have the same interests as you do. Mm-hmm. So it's just so many wins. And also, you're saving money. It's yeah. all really good. A lot of times when I hear volunteer, I automatically think of volunteering at shelters. Mm-hmm. And that is great as well. But I like that you just gave this example because it's also a way I know a lot of my audience members are interested in being coaches or healers. Mm -hmm. And it's a way that you can volunteer your time. And it's also feeding into the work that you're doing in the world. Yeah. Which is great. Like Mm -hmm. it's, that's a great way you're volunteering, giving your energy and you're also learning some valuable skills that will come in handy with your own business and Mm -hmm. people skills. Yeah. And one of my really good coaches, um, one of my favorite coaches, she works every week at the um, animal shelter. And I think she's done that for like 10 years. Very consistent, very important to her is being with animals. And also that is feeding the soul. Mm. It's like you're getting to be with animals every single week. And like you're doing something really good and you're spreading the messages. And Mm. she will use that then to share with her audience and her platform like, hey, buddy needs a home. Yeah. You know? Buddy. Oh, buddy. buddy. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. So, mm-hmm. number four. Number four, find spaces where you can share with strangers. Mm. This is a thing that has changed my experience in New York City so much is to find places where I can talk to people who I've never met before. And so, an example of that is in New York, there was this event called Balanced where you go and there was a group meditation and then you would get into groups of three and talk about a prompt. And each person in the group of three has two minutes uninterrupted to share about anything that's going on in their Mm -hmm. life. And the other people just listen. And then you have five minutes as a group to just talk back and forth. And I would always notice, because living in New York City, the streets are kind of this amazing 
experiment for how people respond to me. So going in, I would always feel kind of like avoiding eye contact with people and just trying to get there. And I'm kind of seeing human beings as these like obstacles to, <laughs> to where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, you're bumping into people. And then I would go to this event. I would hear people who I'd never met share the things that they're struggling with. And every time, and I would go every week and I would still be like, oh, right. People other than me have problems. Like everyone who I'm going by in the street has their shit and mm-hmm. they all have things that they're struggling with. And it is so easy to forget that. And then I would come out of this meditation and suddenly like people would be making eye contact with me. I would be smiling at people. And it was like, I felt more connected to everyone and the street would just respond to me in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so places where you can share with strangers, it could be a 12 step group. It could be a women's circle. It could be a men's circle. It could be a group for new parents, anything. It's just a really beautiful way to feel connected to other people and also to reduce shame around the things that are going on in our life. Because like for me, it'd be very easy for me to be kind of like ruminating. I'm like, oh man, like I am feeling really obsessed with food recently and I just can't get it out of my brain and I feel like there's something wrong with me. And then to just share it with a group of three people who I've never met before and have one of them be like, oh yeah, yo, me too. Yeah. Like all the time oh right it's not just me it's so nice do you think meetup is is still a good place for that i haven't done a meetup group in yeah forever. it depends i think there are some that are really good and it just depends on the facilitator i think i would reach out to the organizer beforehand and ask like what is the vibe of this group mm-hmm do they have do they have rules is there a container yes i really am a really big fan of that Mm -hmm. because i remember when i when i lived in boulder i would go to this um 20 30 something group and it was like friday night go to bar and it was like it was such a drain to me because it was all this surface level conversation Mm -hmm. and i am very grateful to new york for all the like we have an event called vulnerable af yeah i haven't been yet but it's great shout out veronica do they still have the balanced one? Is that still a thing? It is not still oh. a thing, but I love the format. Yeah. Uh, I do it sometimes if people ask me to facilitate something. I'm like, yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. Uh, but it's great. It's just group meditation, groups of three sharing, bring it back to the whole group. It's great for introverts, extroverts, good mindfulness. Anyone can lead it. It's awesome. Have you ever had the feeling um, being who you are mm-hmm. and like have, being more in the public eye? Mm-hmm. Do you ever have a feeling like your group of people who you share with and go deep with uh, or, or uh, yeah, you're just vulnerable with and who see some of your insecurities or fears? Mm-hmm. They're like they're like a small pool of like three people. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to these types of events that are like strangers and mm-hmm. or maybe people you do know and you've seen on Facebook or you've crossed paths with. Yeah. You kind of don't want to show your insecurities with and you want to be more yeah. selective. Do you ever feel that way? That's a great question. It is a thing that I struggle with. And actually, I talk to my therapist about this a lot, is finding the balance between authenticity and protecting my energy. Because I know that people see me as a person where they're like, oh, wow, like she's doing so much and she's doing all these cool things. And like, I wish I could be like this person. And I don't want people to see me in that way. Or at the very least, I want them to know that I'm struggling with things. So... What I struggle with is if someone comes up to me in an event and they're like, oh, my God, Jillian, like, what's up? How are you feeling? I always am, I always give a good and a bad thing. Like, I'm feeling really good. 
And to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed and kind of mm-hmm. like a little bit floaty right now just because I'm in a moment of transition. And yeah, like there's just a lot going on. Mm. And I say that more for their benefit than my own, to be honest. And so I've just been practicing being like, I'm really good. Because my therapist, she's like, you don't owe anyone these vulnerable parts of yourself. Like, if it feels like a drain, just tell people you're good. Like, you don't have to be super radically honest all of the time. Yeah. So I'm playing with that. Yeah, that's a great thing to play with, to Mm -hmm. see whenever you feel like showing up in the fullness of the truth, like Mm -hmm. great and also overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're just like, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, or I'm just great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just doing awesome. Mm-hmm. And like fully owning that yeah. too. I'm having a fucking brilliant day. It yeah. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like the edgier thing for me. I did it last I can night sense and was that. like. Yeah. And it feels good on you. Like yeah. imagining you just walking in and owning like your absolute like. Yeah. Elation mm-hmm. on a Monday. You yeah. know, like that feels what's what the world needs more of. Yeah. We need more of all of you, but like also your cheer and your joy is yeah. like a special thing. Thank you. Your cheer and your joy, your joy list. Like My joy your, list. Your joy. Okay. Number five. Number five, intergenerational spaces. This is oh, a thing that yeah. in New York City, it is wild to me how divided our spaces are. Yeah. And I mean, like, of course, there's the obvious things of like race and class, like there's huge divisions there. But for me, I think the biggest division that I see is in terms of age. Mm. Like it is very rare for me to go to a gathering and see children or see anyone over the age of 50, maybe even 40. And that there's a big gap there that it's really important to be around kids because they have this sense of wonder and joy. And it's like being around animals. It's like, it's a completely different perspective on the world. And then being around older folks, there's this wisdom that they have that and this sense of groundedness. And of course, this is not all older folks, but a lot of people. And they also have their own completely different perspective. And so if we're in these silos of just people in their 20s and 30s, it's so easy to be caught in this like this very limited view of what our life is. Mm. And so for me, a thing that I really encourage is to find spaces where there is a diversity of ages. And actually, this is new. This is not in my book. My book is about spaces outside of organized religion. But for me, I've actually started attending church recently because it's one of the only spaces I have where there Mm. are kids and there are older people. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking, huh, church is one of the only places I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What what uh, denomination have you been going Protestant. to? Protestant. It is Judson Memorial Church. So we're ecstatic oh, dances. They yeah. have actual church there. Do they? Yep. I kind of thought so, but I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Every Sunday. Wow. And mm-hmm. have you been jo- enjoying it? I have been loving it way more than I could have imagined. Oh. Are you going by yourself? I've been. So my friend Ava, she's in their community ministry program. Uh, and her partner, Duncan, who's one of my best friends, also goes... And I've just been inviting people to come with me. Of like, hey, How fun. it's been the best because it's like, do you want to hang out? I go to church on Sundays, 11 to 12. Or you could meet me in Washington Square Park afterwards. Yeah. And like we can sit or we can get a coffee or whatever. It's been like very grounding and just humbling 
And you notice that you actually have time to talk with people who are in their 50s and 40s. Yeah. Inside of the church. Because mm-hmm. yes. they, they have a coffee hour afterwards. Just like there's a service and then someone different bakes cookies every time. Oh, like wow. it is so It's a sweet. lot of cookies. It's a lot of cookies. And some, of course, sometimes they buy them. But someone yeah. different in the church every time is responsible for that. And then people hang out for like an hour. That's so great. Yeah. Were you raised in any kind of organized religion? I was. I was raised congregational. So like super chill, but it was in a town outside of the town where we lived. And so I didn't know anyone in the church. Mm. None of the kids went to my school. And so I always kind of felt like a little bit of an outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I actually ended up going to a youth group at a different church in my town that I loved. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love that little yeah. nugget there. That feels really good. Mm-hmm. So like, honestly, I feel like right now an edgier thing for a lot of people to do is to check out some sort of organized religion it actually is mm-hmm. even i'm like ah, that sounds great totally uh, but I, I i think like for i think that i would be interested in going to um and i've been thinking about this recently going to oh you me and you mm-hmm. even talked about this going to some kind of kabbalah meetup yes I'm Kabbalah's on Monday nights. yeah i want to go mm-hmm. are you going routinely um, I actually have only been once, but it's, you went with, it's every you went with Remy, who I'm like, shout out to Remy. Mm-hmm. Like, we hung out now, and I love her so much. I know. And she's in California. It makes me really sad. Me too. Um, yeah, if you want to go on Monday, mm-hmm. I'd be so happy to go with you. It's so funny, the different groups of people that Kabbalah, I went and was like, oh, these are some really sexy people. I I bet. I mean, we Kabbalah would only make it are even hot. sexier. Yeah, yeah plus us. Go. Oh, my God. Watch out. Okay, so... This, we're going to transition into the Divine Deep Dive round. Great. Before we do that, tell us where we can find you online. Yes. Okay. You can find Unlonely Planet on Amazon. You can find The Joylist at joylist.nyc or at joylistnyc on Instagram. And then if you just want to follow me as a human being, you can go to thatjillian.com or I am at thatjillian on Twitter or Instagram. At that Jillian. Yes. Perfect. Amazing. And I will have all those links on the show notes for this. MaddieMoon.com forward slash Jillian dash Richardson. You can get all the links there. All right. Divine deep dive round time. Question number one. What is your favorite reoccurring event in New York City right now? Ooh. I'm going to say Judson Memorial Church. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Church. So great. Um, if you could create your perfect four hour event, Ooh. what would it be hour to hour? Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to say an hour of silence. It's like an yeah. hour of group meditation and mm, 30 to 45 minutes of emotional release work. Mm. Um, 15 more minutes of silence. Mm. Oh, yeah. You got to have that after emotional release. Or it's like, we just need to like chill out, go walk yeah. around outside, something like that. Touch a flower. Touch a flower. Touch a tree. Um, okay. So we're at, we're at like two hours now. Mm-hmm. Then like an hour of partner sharing and small group sharing. And then an hour of people just chilling and walking around and hanging out. Yeah. And where would it be, in a building or outside? So it would be in a building that's right near nature. So maybe like, let's say a super nice, fancy apartment on Prospect Park West. Okay, yeah. It's like right by Prospect Park. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So now we have an event to create. We're like, great. There Ta-da. we go. Done. We just did it. <laughs> um, what do you want more of in life? What, what are you like? Okay, universe, ready for more of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want more grounding practices, just more, some more consistency in my life, which I'm actively working on of a deeper spiritual practice, spiritual teachers, hmm. just teachers in general. I am like so open to all people who are like, all right, here you want to take your career to the next level. You want to impact more people. I'm going to help you do this. And it's this is starting to come into my life now. And I'm just still open to even more of it because yeah. I've been feeling very floaty and like working on my own for so long that I'm ready for like mm-hmm. consistency. Uh, I am looking for more money. Mm-hmm for the work mm-hmm. that I'm doing and consistently because working from month to month, I've been doing that for years and it is so draining more than I even yeah. realized. World need, the world needs you to be at your fullest energy wise. Mm-hmm. And the only way humans can really do that if, is if they're being compensated in a way that is matching what they're yeah putting into the world. Yeah. And um, it's so funny because to anyone else, I would say, you're literally doing the thing the world needs the most. Like, of course you'd be paid the most. You should be paid the most. Yeah. Like, what some dude on Wall Street you think is contributing more than you are? Like, totally. no, he's not. Mm-hmm. So I need to do the reframing of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want more just, like, great, juicy, sexy time with beautiful men, which I have one partner right now which is very exciting and he's uh, just amazing. Uh, and I have another date this Sunday with a potential new person. Uh, so I'm like, Ugh. okay, we're going to talk about that offline because <laughs> I want all the deets. Mm-hmm. I love this kind of stuff. Um, who are three people you would invite to the perfect dinner party that would be happening tonight? Ooh. Okay. Perfect dinner party tonight. I would invite, Oh my God. I know. Okay. I would invite pastor Micah, who is the queer, gay pastor or like head pastor at Judson. Oh my God. We just met for the first time this week. And no wonder was, you love this church. Oh, it's, it's so politically progressive. Oh. Everyone starts by saying their pronouns. Oh, now I want like to go. Their core mission is to be the church that accepts people that no other church will accept. Oh. It's like, wow. The coolest. I'm like, I this just, is the church Jesus would oh, love. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Right. That, that changes everything. Like, uh, they like, they go out on the streets and they like, Bring hot chocolate to people who are homeless or people who are sex workers. Like, fuck yes. It, like, they talk about sex. They talk about gender. They talk about race. Racial justice is one of their three pillars. Okay, like, I'm coming. Now I'm now I'm very interested. It's cool. Um, okay, so okay. one, Pastor, Pastor Micah. Micah. Two, Sister Jeanette. She is a nun who I met two weeks ago. 77-year-old nun who's been a nun for 56 years. So cool. Uh, and then... Casper, I always forget how to pronounce his last name, Turkyle, uh, who runs this thing called How We Gather, which is based out of Harvard Divinity School. Uh, he lives in New York City and now runs a thing called Sacred Design Lab, which is all about ways that you can bring ritual and the sacred into broader organizations, mm. into bigger institutions. So I, I just feel it. like that would be a really amazing conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's not just about gathering and eating together and having some laughs. Like, that's like a serious, like, mm-hmm. you're going to be making some shift happen yeah. at that dinner. Make some shift happen. Shift will be happening. Um, hmm. Do you know what your your name means? Oh, man. This is one of those things where I constantly am looking it up and then always forget. Come on, Jillian. But... I know my last name. So Richardson 
means son of Richard, but then Rick dash Har means strength and bravery. I know this. And I know my middle name, Nicole, means leader of the people. And I forget what Jillian means. Um, It means child of the gods. There we go. Pretty freaking powerful. <laughs> you are the child of the gods. There we go. Yeah. I keep forgetting to keep myself humble. That's that's a new question I'm going to ask all my guests because yeah. everyone I, I everyone did a podcast with a guy named Gaul Cezanne yeah. who talks what all about cool the power. Of, yeah, I imagine he looks like a Viking. Yeah, <laughs> <You're not sure. laughs> he's a, he's amazing. He's got such an amazing accent. Um, actually, he does look like a Viking now that he's, well, he's bald. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, when I think of Vikings, I think of like really long hair, like yeah. Hobbit like, which isn't him. But he, I'm going to send you a podcast that yeah. he did in LA at uh, Den, on Den Talks Radio, all mm-hmm. about the power of our names. It will give you mm. chills. All right. Last question I'll ask you is, besides your beautiful book, yes. Unlonely Planet, what is the best book you have, you have consumed this year in 2019? Ooh, okay. I'll say one of them has been Death Over Dinner by Michael Hebb. Oh, this, mm-hmm. this is... You know Jordana Jacobs? Okay. I, so. I just I just had her on the podcast. She lives in Brooklyn. Okay. She is dating him. They're together. And no she's way. a death and relationship. Yeah, she read his book and was like, I love this so much and they started dating and she is a death and relationship um psychotherapist who lives Whoa. Do you not know Jordana Jacobs? She did a talk at the assemblage. You would love her. Oh my god. I just had her on. T- today her podcast launched. Whoa. Yeah. So I got to listen that, to that. The day that, yeah, that, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. So you're going to listen to that. People are amazing. It's just like, I wish everyone could know all the people I know and they'd have so much more faith in humanity. I, I know. I know. There's so many amazing people. I'm sure this people. is why you have a podcast. It is. Like, Look at all these I was cool just going to say, I was Look like, at them. that's why I do this is because the, the people are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Michael. So, okay. You love that book. I love that book. Well, so I love it because it has... One, it helped me have a conversation with my parents about their own wishes for their death. It made me make sure that they have all their paperwork in order. Mm. And it made me start to consider, like, okay, what do I want for my funeral? Like, what would my will look like? Who is my healthcare proxy? It got me to sign up to be an organ donor. Like, all these things were, like, it's easier for me, I think, to think about death than some people. Like, when I bring it up with others, they get really freaked out. It doesn't freak me out, so it's a lot easier for me to start thinking about it. Uh, but I, I've had a lot of cool conversations, like with my roommates or just with people at parties. I'll just randomly be like, "What do you want your funeral to look like?" Yeah. <laughs> like it's an amazing question. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Ah, oh, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm gonna send you all of these links. You're gonna because I, I just wrote t- this morning like all about my thoughts on death because yeah. de- death for me has been really challenging really hard mm-hmm. especially being raised in a very conservative christian household yeah where like all the emphasis was on are when are you saved because when you die you're either mm-hmm. gonna go to heaven or hell yep woof yeah woof is right <laughs> so woof. it's been a lot of like recovering from that and I, yeah. I have a book over here called on life after death mm. and it was really it's it healed a lot for me and yeah. i'm all about now like that's why i got her on the epi- on the podcast because i'm all about just let's just talk about death mm-hmm. i would love to do a death over dinner event here yes they have it inside of his book right like how to structure your own yeah so his website or they have an organizational website for death over dinner it is one of the best design websites i've ever seen because it's like 
How many people do you want to have over? What is your relationship to them? How deep do you want the conversation to be? How long do you want the the dinner to be? And it just spits out a template for you and your dinner. It is amazing. It's even like, here's the email you can send people. Death combos. It's so good. Okay, cool. That Mm -hmm. would be a great event. Oh my God, this episode was so great. We did it. Jillian, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, Everyone is going to just absolutely love you and adore you. And everyone who lives in New York City, go sign up for the Joy List. I'll probably see you at an event. Yeah. And tell your friends. If you have a friend who lives in New York City and they're all like, I can't make friends here. Go sign up for the Joy List. That's one of the mm-hmm. very first things I did the week I moved here was sign up for this. And then apparently we were like already Facebook friends, which yeah. was just beautiful. And here we are now. So it's meant to be. It's it's going to heal a lot of people's relationships with other human beings. And I'm so grateful for you and all the work you're doing. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.